0: Good morning, FPO family. Hope you are doing well wherever it is that the Lord has you today. Today, in our midweek meditation, we're going to do something a little bit different. Rather than just hear from me about some of my devotional thoughts from one of the passages in our FPO Bible Reading Plan, we're going to have a devotional conversation. And so I've got James Hurd here with me. You all know James. He's our youth director. Good morning, James. Hey, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. It's good to have you. Here's what we're going to do this morning. We are going to look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 17 to 19 together uh, in our time. And again, we're just going to have a devotional conversation about what the Lord was showing us as we read this passage. And hopefully, uh, as you read the passage, you had some of the same questions and observations. So I'm going to read our text for us, and we're going to dive in. Again, this is 1 Timothy chapter 6, starting in verse 17. Paul writes to Timothy, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty,
1: Mm, that's a really good passage, Josh Thanks for picking this And I have got a lot of thoughts Just as I read it this week on Monday I was just really thankful Really to have the whole book of 1 Timothy here But I noticed as, as we come here Like right at the end of the letter One of the very last things Paul wants to make sure that the church is heard is this warning and this charge specifically to the rich. Like this one segment of the people where Timothy was pastoring and he wants the rich to have a certain mind about themselves. Kind of what what are you seeing in there? What were your thoughts as you were reading that? How do we read ourselves into this and understand ourselves in the context of this chapter?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, as I was reading this, one of the things that jumped out to me is that if we're honest, uh, every single one of us here in America, uh, every single one of us at First pres, in comparison to every generation before us, and in comparison to the vast, vast majority of people on the face of the earth today, we are rich. Uh, over half of the world, over four billion people live on less than a dollar a day. Just in comparison to that, we're, we're very rich. Um, on the flip side, if we're looking for people that have more wealth and more riches than us, we could always find somebody. So it's easy for us to say, oh, no, this isn't about me. But I think one of the things we've got to do as we dive into this passage is recognize that Paul is talking to us. God is talking to us that we are those who are indeed very, very rich. We're rich materially. Uh, we're rich financially. Uh, we're we're rich talent wise and treasure wise. And so I think we have to recognize that God is speaking to us. We are the rich.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a good word. And even as we're looking at not being haughty. Or prideful because of all the things that we have in this life, or as we are not setting our hopes on the uncertainty of riches. I was really thankful as I was reading this this week, is that it's really contrasting putting our hope in uncertainty of riches, but then instead putting our hopes on God who richly provides. Like there's riches in this life that are very uncertain. And there's also riches that we receive from the Lord, which are certain. Now, i really just enjoyed thinking through and praying through. I mean, I think I do this. I'm sure you do this too, where I'm tempted to put my hopes in riches, even though I have no idea how they're actually going to pan out. But God has made so many promises to you and to me and to all of us as we trust in him that he richly provides us with everything Not just that we need, but here we see to enjoy. That was just a great reminder for me as we kind of look in here. Let let me ask you, though, if we're really trying to look to the Lord rather than to the uncertainty of riches, what does that even look like?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, Even as you were talking there, I I was thinking that uh, one of the reasons why the (laughs) Scriptures talk so much about our wealth and about our possessions and where even earlier in chapter six, Paul uh, encourages, exhorts Timothy that the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil is that our, our money and our possessions so easily uh, take the place of God in our lives Uh, Having financial resources allows us in many ways practically to not need God because we've got the money to to pay for whatever it is that we want. I, I don't need God to provide my daily bread if I can simply swipe a card or make a deposit or transfer some money and get the things that I need. So it's very easy for our riches, our wealth, our possessions to supplant God in our lives. And one of the things that Paul is reminding Timothy and therefore reminding us is what you said, the uncertainty of these things. Uh, When we put our hope into things that are not guaranteed, such as riches, we're ultimately setting ourselves up for a fall. And I love that Paul says, instead, put your hope on God the one who is not uncertain, and the one who is actually the source and the provider of all of these good gifts for you to enjoy. It reminds me of what James says in the first chapter of his letter, that God is the giver of every good gift. And so even the riches that we have, the material possessions that we have, those are good gifts from God uh, for us to enjoy and then to get back to the question that you just asked, there are also uh, blessings from God that should channel through us to others. In verse 18, he talks about encouraging the rich to do good. He talks about encouraging uh, them to be rich in good works, to be generous, and to be ready to share. Uh, I've found in my own life that generosity, uh, the giving away of, my money, the giving away of my resources and my possessions to bless others, is one of the greatest antidotes to greed and to covetousness in my own heart because it shows in in practical ways that all of these resources, these gifts from God uh, are a stewardship to me in order to be used for the benefit of others. This is what. God tells Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, I'm going to richly bless you so that through you I might bless all the nations. And so it's a good reminder for us that God does richly bless us and we're meant to enjoy those things. But one of the ways that we enjoy them is that we freely give them away in sacrificial ways to those uh, who need them maybe more than we do. So I think that's at least one way to talk about how do we apply this. We... We talk about being generous. We, uh, we step out in ways of sacrificial generosity with our time, with our money, with our possessions in order to bless others through uh,
1: what God has richly blessed us with. Well, you've just reminded me of, just by talking right there, I was really struck, you know, somehow, sometimes reading the Bible and you read in First Timothy 6 and it says one thing, and then you flip over to the other part of the Bible you're reading – on Monday, we were in Proverbs twenty-eight, and verse eight. This this proverb is making the same point that you are, and that Paul is in First Timothy, where Proverbs twenty-eight eight says, "Whoever multipl- multiplies his wealth by interest and profit gathers it for him who is generous to the poor." Right? There's all the proverbs are. They're not one-to-one connections. This isn't always. God's not going to take money away necessarily. But what we do see is this truism in this proverb that shows kind of the point of Jesus' parable that to those who are given some will be given more. And as we're stewarding our money, God prefers and desires for us to be generous and to give it away. And maybe even those who are the most generous will receive the most as they are channeling their money into other people, into the kingdom of God, and to all of these places and people that God has called us to help as Christians. I don't know if you—I mean, we could probably give a a nice little um, shameless plug for tithing here, or we could kind of talk about different ways to be charitable, but— I think this verse is also showing us that it's not just about money, right? We're to be rich in good works. So as I'm, I think we only have a few more minutes here, but what does it look like to be generous in good works? Not just with our money. We don't need to get caught up on that because this is also making a point about generosity generally.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. It'd be real easy uh, to read something like this and just jump straight to the application of, okay, what am I going to do with my money? What am I going to do with my resources? What am I going to do with my time? And, and you're getting into that. It's more than just our money. But I think one of the things that we recognize in this and that we see throughout the scriptures is that God himself, in his very being, part of his essence and his character is that he is incredibly generous. I mean, even one of the great promises of the scriptures that almost everybody who spent any time in church knows is that for God so loved the world that he gave, uh, his love for the world prompted him to do the most generous act the world has ever seen, Mm. to send himself, to send the Lord Jesus Christ to literally leverage his entire life, to give away everything that was rightfully his. In order to win us to himself and so i think it's important to remember that part of this idea here it's not just simply practical it's it's taking on the character of god it's recognizing that god has been incredibly generous to us and so the call here is to not only rest in god's generous love to us but then overflow out of god's generous love in all of life And as you mentioned, and even as we just wrap things up here this morning, it's not only about our money. I do think it definitely is about our money. We need to be thinking practically about how we're stewarding uh, the finances and the resources that God has given to us. But we see as well, he calls them to be rich in good works. And so there's countless ways that you and I, in the days ahead and the weeks ahead, can be rich in good works towards one another, uh, towards our wives, our husbands, towards our children, towards our neighbors, uh, towards the parents on our kids' soccer teams, towards the teachers in our children's classrooms, towards our employers, towards our employees, uh, towards those in our neighborhoods that don't have the resources that we have. Uh, There's countless opportunities for us uh, to think about not just sharing our stuff. Uh, But sharing our lives, our time with people, and therefore uh, being a conduit of God's blessing to the people around us, ultimately fulfilling the promise that God made to Abraham in Genesis 12. I'm going to bless you. Mm -hmm. And if we're honest, we're a blessed people. But that blessing was never meant to end upon us, it was meant to channel through us uh, to the people around us that they too might be blessed. And not just blessed with physical things, but that in our blessing of them, they too might be drawn to the Lord where they can experience the ultimate blessing which is being brought into a relationship with the Lord. And so I hope that this morning this has been an encouragement to you. I certainly know it was an encouragement to me me and an encouragement to James. It was a challenge to me. One of the things that I've been thinking is, what am I going to do in the days ahead to be more generous with my time, uh, with my money, with my possessions? And so we hope that you have a good rest of the week. We hope that this is some good, uh, some good fuel for you to be meditating upon. And we look forward to chatting again next week. Until next time, see you.